Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Howdy to Millennial Money. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we got a lot to get into tonight. We got to get into the markets, what's going on. There was a big bounce back in a lot of stocks today, including a lot of small cap stocks. We're going to talk about that, get into depth on that. Is now the time to buy heavy? Should we not? All those sorts of things. And uh, obviously, we'll talk crypto and a bunch of other subjects as well tonight. So I hope you guys enjoy this. As always, thanks for being here. Thanks for being subscribed. And thank you to our sponsor, Public, tonight. And uh, we do appreciate you. Graham, you want to tell us a little bit more about Public? Oh, absolutely. If you're looking for a brokerage that doesn't route your order flow, Public is fantastic. They're a brokerage that I've been using now for almost the entirety of this year. It's so easy to buy and sell stocks on. I love the social feature. So you, you could basically, you could follow us all in public. You could, you could, you could see exactly what, uh, what, what we're doing, what we're involved in. You could share your thoughts with other investors. It's imagine like, hate to compare it to like, uh, uh, like, like an, a social media, uh, but, but basically that's, it's almost exactly what it is. And you could follow other investors. It's a really cool community. I have so much fun with it. They don't route your order flow and they have crypto. Andre, you want to tell us about, or, or Kevin, you could tell us about the crypto with that, the pink hair. Oh, absolutely. Uh, crypto, uh, well, I ran a poll the other day and it was really interesting. The The top result for why people invest in crypto was that crypto trends up and you can now invest in crypto on public.com. Uh, so check out the link down below and, and, and buy your crypto on public. Yeah, I think the free stock's worth up to how much is it is it 300 or a thousand dollars either way it's a free stock you may as well get it compliments of public just for signing up and you can follow us all on there as well we'll tell you more about public throughout the episode though you'll <laughs> like it so let's talk about this 2022 madness here uh it, there's always fear that we're gonna have this this big crash um, and a lot of the fear that's going oh. on right now is that we're in this quantitative easing cycle uh, that is now ending and there's basically no way to go but down. How do we respond to this? How are we changing our investment strategies? Uh, who, who wants to start with this one? Yeah, I'll start with it. Sell everything, go 100% cash, buy gold, silver. The dollar's going to crash. Everything's going to crash. No, and, and you have a gold yeah. website now, right? Yeah, gold.com. No. <laughs> Financial education, holy smoke, is gold.com. So, no, in all seriousness, guys, so the, the only thing that worries me, there's one thing that worries me in regards to this upcoming year, and let's just talk about January, February uh, specifically, is I do worry about large caps. Think about it this way. Let's imagine you've had a great year in Apple, Microsoft, Google, you're a fund, you're an individual investor, whoever, right? You could cash out of that right now and pay your big fat taxes very soon, right? Or you could say, let me cash out of that in January, right? And go move that money wherever you want to move that money. And then you've got a whole year plus to play with that money in the meantime, and you don't have to pay your taxes, right? So if, anything, if there's anything I'm a little worried about, it's actually large caps going into January, because I think there could be some profit taken, there could be some rotation of money. And I think a lot of people, even me personally, as just an example, 
I wanted to cash a little bit of my Tesla shares, right? But I don't want to cash on this year because obviously they're up like a ridiculous amount and I would have to pay another huge amount of taxes on that. So my plan was I'll cash out some in January. I was hoping it was going to be over a thousand, but I don't know about now. And so I might not even end up selling, right? But I was even thinking about that, right? And then I get a whole huge time period to play with the money in between now and then. I think there's a lot of folks like that out there. Small caps, I think it's hard to find sellers in those those stock, many of those stocks uh, now because it's just been vicious. We've been, anybody that's held small caps for the last few months, we felt like we've been in a stock market crash and just no one's realized it, I think, at the end of the day. So <laughs> mm, that's interesting. We're, what yeah. do you think, Graham? You think uh, you got any real fears for 22 in the stock market or anything? I'm not sure. Everything that, that people have expected to happen, a lot of it hasn't, and the market's trended upwards. I mean, lately we've been on a bit of a decline. But like you mentioned, it could be a lot of selling pressure just for people wanting to lock in their tax rates at the end of the year. It's, it's, it's pretty pretty uh, uh evident what the tax rates are going to be for this year so who knows what's going to be in the future it makes sense that people would sell off losses but uh i don't know part of me also believes that the market is looking for any reason to sell off and just like even the minor things are able to push it over the edge so i think between the new variant increased interest rates and the uncertainty for the next year i don't know we, we could see the market continue to drop uh or we could see it continue to go up and just I almost spilled my coffee. Almost defy oh. the odds. Yeah, on, on my new computer, by the way, this is the first time I'm using the new computer, and my coffee nearly just spilt over it. That would wow. be what computer did you get? Uh, the MacBook Pro M1 Max. I don't know. I got the fully. I I splurged on this one. It's 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 like maxed out on almost everything. In a short apple now. The, yeah, yeah, the max potato because that's what it looks like, Graham. The max potato. Okay, so uh, camera quality is. Okay. <laughs> but no, it, Kevin, you know, to get back on these stocks, okay, large caps, I mean, you know, a lot of folks have been thinking large caps are super overvalued. And you look at Apple, looks rich, right? Google doesn't look crazy. Facebook's at like a 22 forward P. Google's at like a 53 forward P, which is not high for Amazon, right? Amazon being at a 53 is not high. So uh, even me, I've been thinking about it. PayPal doesn't look high. Um, Tesla maybe trades a little rich, but that's Tesla. Tesla's always going to trade rich. Like, so I've been trying to think like, where, where are the overvalued large caps? Is it like Apple? Is it Nvidia? What's your two cents on that? I mean, how, how heavy are you into these? Because it seems like so far you've been almost, it feels like almost exclusively small cap. I don't know if you only talk about small cap, but then you yeah. have the others in the back, which is fine because sometimes it's like, I'm still holding, you know, what kind of update is there? That's fine. Um, mm -hmm. So like, it, it, are you thinking about looking for a dip in them or, or what's sort of your play on that? No. So uh, as far as me and large caps, uh, the only large caps I really own are Tesla and Facebook. No, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of thinking about from the perspective of if we are thinking like large caps fall, right? Because that's what's been what's held everything up. I've just been looking at it recently and I'm, I'm looking at Facebook at a 22 forward P. I'm like, can Facebook really fall that much more? It doesn't seem like it. Amazon hasn't moved. We looked last week on, on Millennial Money. Amazon hasn't moved since August of 2020. So I'm like, is Amazon really going to drop? And so I'm, I'm thinking about like, where's the risk if we're thinking about large cap? And I'm like, well, maybe it's maybe it's Apple a little bit and maybe it's like NVIDIA, uh, but it's hard. Maybe it's Microsoft, but I, I don't know. Kind of do you think there's any risk in large caps or what's your two cents? I, I mean, I wonder if we uh, go through 
uh, some more continued uncertainty. Maybe we get our first rate increase and we get a lot of sort of uh, like sideways trading. The small caps are still in pain for a while. And uh, maybe uh, we we get to this environment where sure, maybe small uh, the larger caps sell down a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised that once we see what which I expect to happen, this small cap revolution, this this explosion in the smaller caps, that uh, now all of a sudden the larger caps will eventually start looking <laughs> inexpensive again. And I think there's a chance they could get even higher uh, in, in 22 or 23. I think they're incredibly uh, efficient companies. Uh, at least I, I believe so. I think the pandemics helped them weed out. I mean, I was just researching the robotics that Amazon has uh, because I'm trying to invest in robotics companies, honestly. But it's it's really interesting. The robotics companies are trying to make robots to replace human workers, but they're having trouble hiring enough human workers to make the robots. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's ABB is having that problem, but uh, and I'm sure many of the others. But anyway, so like I don't know. I have a hard time uh, arguing for the big ones, the big ten to fall. And like you said, they've been holding up the S and P. I mean, I think if, what was it was it you guys who brought up the chart? If you take out the uh, uh, the, the big five or the big ten out of the S and P 500, the S and P is actually negative uh, uh, since 2020, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that you, Grim, that brought that up? I don't no, think I brought I don't think that, that up. I don't think that was me. I've heard it, that before. I don't think that's been the case recently, though. If, if you can find that, Kevin, yeah, I would love to see it. Kevin, yeah, I believe that could be – I don't want to say it's wrong, but uh, I remember that being the case in late 2020, but I don't think that was the case throughout 21. Again, I could be, I could be completely wrong. I'll pull them up. I'll find it. And uh, it, it was very interesting. I'll, I'll find it and I'll pull it up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, look, the, the thing is, I think in this uh, environment in, in the United States, uh, you know, we're, we are going to have the strongest economy in 2022 out of out of the entire world. I think any kind of negative catalysts are likely to either come from our stupid election that we're going to have in 2022 uh, or which that's that's way down the road. Right. I mean, we're talking like October, November, or it'll be something from elsewhere in the world you know it's like the the chinese uh, trade tensions the uh yeah, evergrand issues and the fallout from that uh, russia ukraine uh you know maybe in inflation in south in, in latin america I, I don't know or you know south china sea problems the middle east like those are the catalysts i think for 2022 that are going to be the big issues because i wouldn't be surprised you get a lot of international investors who have very little faith in their country's uh, currency, certainly. I mean, look at Turkey, uh, but not just their currency, but also potentially investments in, in their countries. I mean, even you look at, uh, was it the FTSE is, uh, in, the, in the United Kingdom? And uh, they, uh, they, they're they negative since 2019. You know, they don't have the big caps that we do. So so why invest in your country's, you know, total stock market index fund, so to speak? Why not just invest in the American stock market? We're, we're going to be growing. I expect at a higher rate than where we were in 2019 uh, next year, I hope. Uh, we're going to grow slower than 2021. Uh, you know, China is going to beat us on growth, but they're going to be coming down. They're going to be slowing down. Uh, and so it's not going to look as great as I think what we'll have in here in the U.S., I'm pretty bullish on the U.S., but I do think there are going to be a lot of fears and uh, we're going to have a lot of sideways trading potentially. I don't know if I see a big downside for the big fang, though. You yeah. know what's crazy, Good. by the way? Exactly one year ago today, you guys remember this, I got that stock picking monkey. Remember that oh. for, the, for that video? The monkey randomly picked some stocks and I invested $10,000 into all 10 of them. 
I want you to tell me what you guys think the monkey portfolio did as of right now. So the market's, you know, kind of gone down a little bit over the last uh, week. Jeremy, let's start with you. Do you think, yep. how do you think the monkey portfolio did? I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess it outperformed the market. By that, how that's, um, I will say for the whole year, right? For the past yep. year. Exactly. I'll say it outperformed by 4%. All right, uh, Kevin. Uh, and since when? What December you said? December twenty first. It was actually this day exactly. Oh, I and I posted the video. Sorry, go to Andre later. first. Hold on. Um, I'm gonna say <laughs> yeah, thirty five percent year to date. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for year over year, you said right? Because that's right when I unplug myself. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know, SM, a, a lot of the indices down. Nasdaq. Uh, uh, the uh, S&P, the, these guys are all sitting 24, 25% or whatever. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to go with the monkey didn't do that well. It did 18%, but it still beat Kathy. Okay. <laughs> unless, unless Andre uh, is cheating, it's 35%. Wow. No way. He, wow. Yeah, you guessed like on the money. So for reference, the S&P 500 so far this year, let's see what it is right now. Uh, I think year over year, the S&P is 26%. That's what I looked at. I looked at VOO, 26. And since you said that, I was like, it's got to be more. <laughs> By the way, uh, my voice is like shot. So if anyone's watching, like is Andre, he looks like he's dying. I am. I got I got tested yesterday. I'm negative, <laughs> thankfully. But anytime I get sick, I, I'm like reminded about money. I don't know if you guys have ever been so sick before where you're like, I will give up all the money I have to not feel this crappy. And... It's one of those things where it's like the reason I compare it to money is because health is like it's not a thing you wake up every day and you're like, I'm so grateful to be healthy, like says no one ever. And it's the same way with having like a million dollars or being rich. No one wakes up and is like thankful for having money. But when you don't have it, it's like the worst thing in the world. So it's like health really is wealth. And like I get so bad with like my fever and my aches. I'm like, I will gladly give up being a billionaire to never feel sick again. Wow. I don't know if you guys ever heard of You would like be that. okay with 999 million. <laughs> exactly. As long as you're not no, a billionaire. I would be totally cool being broke and never being sick again. Like that's yeah. just one of those things. Like all the money in the world means nothing if you're not healthy. So truth. Like, yeah. You're spitting, Andre. You're spitting, man. Love it. So, no. So um, let's get back to talking about money um, because that, that offends me that we went off the subject of money. Because so speaking we're all of money, speaking of the monkey portfolio, it's actually 37% today. So Andre, Ooh, you're a little bit off. 37%. Now, uh, I'll make a full video on this, but the best performer of the entire group was Ford, mm. up 120%. Wow. Yeah. So you're telling me that a monkey is smarter than Warren Buffett? Is that what you're trying to tell us, Graham? This year, the monkey performed better. Now, we had one loser out of nine stocks. We had one. Anel Americas is down 31%. What now, were the others? Graham, Graham, can you remind people that don't know what you're talking about? The oh, yeah. So, uh, so it was small caps. Yeah. So uh, a year ago, there was there was I read something. I think it was the Wall Street Journal that reported that a blindfolded monkey performs better than uh, actively managed funds. 
And so I thought, you know, the, the theory made sense is that the monkey is more likely to pick smaller cap stocks that have more upside. And when you invest an equal amount, uh, meaning you're not weighting your investment, like you're not putting more in Tesla because it's worth more when you're doing an equal amount over most years, that tends to do better. Now, the downside is that during the bad years, they tend to do really bad. So that kind of puts the down because otherwise everyone would be doing this. So the bad years are really bad, but you're more likely to have good years that kind of boost that up. So I thought, well, I'm going to do this. I'll put $100,000 in this. My worst case is that it, you know, it's probably going to break even or something. I wasn't worried. I was going to invest the money anyway, so I may as well do this. But yeah, it was actually really surprising. Overall, this monkey portfolio outperformed even, uh, really it outperformed all of my investments. When I look at my individual stock investments, um, I think that was somewhere around where the, yes, it was like in the high 26, 27% year over year. The index funds were the same. So the same like 26, 27%. So there was no difference in me going and buying individual stocks versus index funds. I may as well just have stuck with index funds, but this monkey just outperformed everything. And so to do this, I used a random stock generator on uh, Google that I found. And I randomly generated 30 stocks from that list that I could purchase on uh, on a brokerage. And then I had the monkey randomly pick 10 of those 30 because having the monkey click the button is too much. But uh, anyway, so that, that was it. And uh, yeah, 37%. So whoever so saw someone not invest with the monkey strategy and that's it like why would someone not just do that for 30 years because what i said the the losing times lose really bad so if so, you think of like statistically let, let's say that 75 percent of the time you're, you're going to make a little bit of money but 25 percent of the time you're going to lose a lot uh if you measure year over year you're, you're likely to make money but if you hit on those one years that doesn't some of these could get destroyed okay now what if you're not like affected by the negative years you're just like i'll just keep doing this is there is there a point at which the monkey strategy doesn't make sense if uh, if if, yeah. if human error was not an input it was if it was not a variable in this in this equation uh you would you would have i i would say the biggest thing is you'd have to look at the risk adjusted return uh is this sort of volatility worth it and just like it's up more it could have just as easily been down significantly worse than the s p or the rest of the market so I think when you look at a risk-adjusted return, you're probably better off to still with the index fund. But as a fun experiment, I'm doing it again. I, I, another 10 stocks. I, I have a question for you, Graham. Yeah. So I'm down 8% Smile Direct Club, 6% on the planet, 17% on Voyager Digital, 21% on Corsair, 5% on Honest, 8% on Tattoo Chef. So when's the monkey coming out with a course? Because I'll pay $10,000 for that. I'll do whatever it takes to buy a course from that monkey. Can you have it? Teach yeah, me. Graham, honestly, if, if you want to do it, you should have your child pick stocks. No, I'm, no. I want the monkey. The monkey just got 37%. <laughs> And I Enzo put Jeremy, money in AMC stock. I don't trust him. You, you, so, Jeremy, you got to come up with your own idea. You can't just copy my ideas. No, 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 you gotta, no, no. <laughs> Graham, I need the monkey. Yet. Where's this monkey at? So for anyone, so, so the monkey, he has a YouTube channel. It's called Monkey Boo. So if you, if you did YouTube Monkey Boo. Monkey Boo. That was it, Monkey Boo. But I think, Jeremy, it would be fun to have your youngest child uh, randomly pick some stocks, pick 10, invest $10,000 in each to see how he does. 
I think that would kill his confidence for life. How am I going to do that and then tell him, son, you got beat by a monkey and you he's got destroyed? Like, he's not going to do as, uh, as poorly as his dad. Yes. <laughs> at least <laughs> I can. <laughs> he's not going to think that too, chef. At least I'm ready for that abuse. I don't know if he's quite ready for that level of abuse yet. Oh, my goodness. Graham, seriously, that monkey's amazing. I know. That's all I got to say about that. I know. Um, Yeah, it was also something where uh, I'm keeping an eye on it. If one of my previous crypto videos gets 100,000 likes, I'm doing the same thing, uh, buying the top 10 cryptocurrencies for a year. And that was another strategy that over the last five years has done exceptionally well. So I figured if there's enough demand for that, I could do 10,000 each, 10 stocks picked by a monkey, $10,000 each, top 10 cryptos, hold for a year, report back. I will say the top 10 thing did not work if you started in 2017. Correct. Yeah. They did not do well. So for reference, uh, if you had bought January 1st, 2018, the top 10 cryptocurrencies, by the end of that year, that portfolio was down 85%. Had you done that? 80 funds. You thought a thousand dollars turns into a hundred and fifty bucks. It was bad. Even the next year after that, by the way, 2019, had you bought the top 10, your return would have been 1.7%. That's it. You would have underperformed a savings account buying the top 10 cryptos in 2019. Wow. I don't know. I still, I feel like a lot of these studies when they're like, wow, just follow this one strategy. You'll be up a lot is like, it's cherry picking data. It's like if you start one year earlier, completely different results. A hundred percent. I completely agree with that. Yeah. It is, it is fun to look at. So Kevin, what what do you think about this monkey? Are you amazed or are you amazed? Uh, no, you know, I actually really, uh, appreciated, uh, and I did a, a very almost 40 minute video on, on Kathy Wood's breakdown and, uh, of, of basically there's this, uh, benchmark sensitivity of how we always want to try to compare ourselves to other people at the end of the year or these like fluke strategies or lottery strategies or the index or whatever, uh, rather than focusing on investing in really good high quality companies for the long term that we expect. Uh, aren't just going to return, you know, 10%, uh, 10%, 10%, 10%, who cares, whatever, uh, you know, this 26% isn't going to, it's not going to replicate itself over and over and over again in the next years here. Uh, it, it, instead of that, focus on on the really good quality companies with high margins and great products, the innovation companies. And over the next 10 years, expect that these things will five to 10 X. Uh, that I, I much prefer that. Like, uh, I, I don't really care about uh, winning. Like somebody uh, left a comment the other day. Uh, it was in a live stream or whatever. They're like, "Oh, my Neo is gonna outperform your Tesla." And I'm like, "What do I care? Like, I fine. Then I'm happy for you. I, like, please, please. I hope you win. I hope you make lots of money. I don't care. Uh, I just, I, I want to make lots of money, and, and then I don't care relatively if that means somebody lost money. I'm not gonna, you know, pity them or, uh, or, or, uh, you know, feel happy somebody else lost and I did better or whatever. What do I care? I just, I just want to see my brokerage get bigger. <laughs> so that's what I care about. That's fair. Yeah. That's a, that's the best strategy, Kevin. Sounds like because... uh, someone who doesn't have a monkey, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I was say waiting for want, somebody Kevin. to go there. My, my, this portfolio did so well. <laughs> uh, Gosh, there's like, there's like a, a famous saying. It's like. Um, it, Whoever said money isn't everything uh, is broke or something like that. I think Floyd Mayweather said that back in the day. That's a broke person made that up, he said. So. Well, Graham, 
one of us or all of us should should make an app i'm sure there is something like that but we should make a millennial money app that's just the monkey stock generator that would be great no uh, i don't i'd rather yeah just could just you, i don't know that's a great could idea imagine, could you imagine the monkey does so good over a period of time that it starts moving stock prices like the monkey just picked a new stock and like the stock goes up like 15 percent the next we day just become a hedge fund <laughs> you know what i mean you have to think that there are the odds where if it's picked at random, there is a chance this monkey could outperform everything for like a hundred years. There's a chance statistically that that could happen if it's just random. Hmm. But well, if anyone's watching this and they're a coder or developer, if you guys could come up with something like that, I, I, I love yeah, I that. I mean, here's idea. the thing though: they have a random stock generator, and that's what I used to pick the initial thirty stocks. Yeah, but this so is like an through. app you can tell people about and you could just be like without it's great. It's direct. It's frictionless. <laughs> Gosh, imagine, imagine that's like the new portfolios to sit there and, you know, you just randomly press the 10. It's like, there you go. You've made your portfolio. Well, speaking of, so yeah. there's the monkey one. There's also Becky, right? That's another one that I think. Did you try that? I think you did a Becky. Oh, portfolio. the Becky ETF. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was that was made in a in a complete joke, but uh how did this yeah. one do? I I thought you invested in that or tried that. Did that? Uh no, I don't I don't think I did. No, not oh, that okay. one. For anyone unfamiliar, gosh, let me read this up. I quickly refresh her, but the Becky ETF, what did, what did that consist of? It was uh, I just want to say somebody came up with a name for our app. They called it Millennial Monkey. Thank you, Kurt, for that there name. You go. I like wow, that. that is really good. <laughs> I like that. That's too funny. You know, that's Come good on, stuff. that's really good. It's one of those ideas that's like, that's dumb, but is it? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Becky. ETF. Yeah, wait, wait. So I'm looking. So you could go to BeckyETF.com. Okay, I see it. I see it. So it's Adobe, Apple, Chipotle, Etsy, Facebook, Lululemon, Netflix, Pinterest, Peloton, Shopify. That's the top ten. So that's, those are great companies. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to find a mid, uh I mean, it looks like the the Becky ETF has beat at what's what is that seventy three percent? Is it is that this year? Oh, yeah, that's for January twenty twenty. But see, these are selected dates, so they conveniently end it on January twelfth, twenty twenty one. The fourth, sorry, the fifteenth. So I don't know how it's done this year. Oh, I okay. See what you're saying. Yeah, I, I got. All right, so now's the time we start playing games. Okay, <laughs> so now's the time when we come up with our own ETFs. Now these aren't these aren't. You can't pick like, oh, I want this stock and this stock. This has to be real companies that are public companies that you actually use the products on, let's say, a daily basis or weekly basis. Let's say it's like five stocks in this ETF. Let's call it the Graham ETF, and then it'll be the Jeremy ETF, the Kevin ETF, and the Andre ETF. All right, Graham, you got to start the game out. What is the Graham ETF? Oh, great question. Well, definitely, see, I would just look at the companies that I'm, that I'm using myself. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be Apple, Google, um, There'd have to be some Facebook in there because of Instagram. Uh, gosh, that would be three of them. We may as well just pick five. Uh, did I say? Did I say Adobe? I use Adobe all the time. And Tesla. Drive the Tesla. 
Oh, okay. That's a, that's a solid one. Kevin, what's the Kevin ETF consist of? Uh, you know, I don't know if you do it as like maybe like three different ones uh, where you had like thematic ETFs, like you could do energy, which could include obviously like the end phase and the Teslas, or you do this as sort of like a, a basket, like the energy, the advertising and the robotics ETF. So it's like end phase Tesla, uh, trade desk, uh, Adobe, Facebook, Snapchat, Roku, uh, robotics could be, you know, ABB and, and who knows some other robotics companies, wh whatever, uh, something like that. You, you, hey, Dave and Buster's would have to be on yours, Kevin. Come no, on, no, I no recoveries. Uh, I, I'll speculate, I'll no, trade on these, but that's no, not no the recoveries. game, Kevin. That's not no. the game, man. The game is you got to actually use these products in real life. That's that's the name of this ETF, not like you mm. know, some pie in the sky. It's got to be like products or services you use on like a daily basis or weekly basis. Huh. I, I think the one I'm thinking of is not public, so I'll have to pick something else. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let's see. Mine would be, obviously, it'd have to be Tesla. Uh, I force myself to eat Tattoo Chef every day of my life, so that's in there. Okay. Uh, I'm using Elgato Lights, so Corsair. Apple, I use for everything, so Apple's got to be there. And then, yeah, I would have to have Google in there because I use Google search multiple times a day, every day of my life. And obviously spend a lot of time on YouTube. So I'd have to have them in there as well. Andre, yeah, what's I feel, like, I feel like these are like pretty obvious, straightforward answers, though. It's like, oh, it's what I use. And like we pretty much all use the same stuff. It's yeah. got to be more creative. It's got to be like this is based on your acronym. You know, like what, what's what's AJV, Andre Jick, Andre Vladimir Jick. What's like three stocks? I don't know. Apple, Johnson and Johnson. What's Visa? Bam. There's my. No, I'm. But it's, it's more creative that way. But you know, <laughs> but if I was for real, it'd be like Apple and like top two crypto ones. If we could mix assets here, so it'd be like Bitcoin and Ethereum. You actually use Bitcoin and Ethereum, Andre? I don't need to use it. I just huddle exactly. it. Exactly. Right. It's worthless. <laughs> you don't use it because no one uses it. We've been talking about using it forever. It just got famous. And you now countries and, and people using it for remittances. That's that's useless, right? You know what I had to say? Speaking of Ethereum, uh, I, I spent this entire weekend working on researching everything and trying everything I could to, to learn about the metaverse. The more I researched the metaverse, the, the better I felt about Ethereum because almost all of them run on the Ethereum blockchain. And it's just, it, it's incredible the projects that could be built from that network. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people are so excited about Solana, right? It's like the competitor. So um, I know, Kevin, well, you're a big Solana fan. Yeah. It's one of my larger holdings in crypto. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the metaverse to like get real. Like when we, when we actually can, uh, put on those VR goggles and start doing some practical things. It's so early, which sometimes like being really early sound. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes being really <laughs> early sounds good. Uh, you know, because uh, early is often associated with uh, high returns, right? Because we always, we have this, uh, I almost think it's a cognitive bias. Uh, it's probably the survivor's bias, survivorship bias, where when we think, oh, wow, that person got in early on Uber, early on, you know, Amazon or Google or Am whatever, right? Oh, they made so much money. Well, yeah, because we're only talking about the survivors, right? But uh, think about all the, the, the death, 
uh, of companies that happen in, in the early stages. I mean, how many companies fail? It's a, a landmine battlefield of just death and destruction out there. And we, we, you know, at the finish line, the beach at the finish line, you know, no, no, nobody's talking about all the dead bodies in the field, basically. So, uh, you know, I, I am worried that there's uh, a lot of speculation in, in metaverse, you know, people going into random games that have uh, nowhere near the playability of, of actual games uh, like that are made by Epic Games or Activision Blizzard or, or whatever, right? Uh, nowhere near the playability, nowhere near the functionality, nowhere near the graphics. Like these are slapped together games made on, on an engine by developers who maybe have some game background. And, uh, and, and then that's it. We're selling plots of land in here and they're NFTs and boom, people are like, well, I better buy it because this could go to the moon. I, I just think it's a massive minefield. Uh, and so I, I'm, I love the metaverse. I love the the direction we're going. Treading very lightly. Yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of how I summed up my metaverse video too. Is like you want to be early, but there are points of tech that's just too early. And too I, early. And that's I a good way like to put it. This is just too early to say. You're you're literally gambling. You might as well go to the casino at this point. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and and. That, that's a thing that I think is a, a risk for crypto, not to bring it back to a risk for crypto. But no, um, I think at this point, crypto's well on its way, though. I wouldn't say it's too early. I feel like we're kind of we're like, hey, there's the beach. I can kind of tell what that is over there. Yeah. So that, that's the same argument they were making during the tech bubble. Right. They were like, it, it's pretty close. It's not there yet, but we're, we're pretty close. And Amazon fell, you know, 94 percent. So, you know, so what would um, it take for you to feel like, I guess, it's not quite early? Like, what, what does it take for you to be convinced, I guess? Yeah, you got you got to see it play out a lot more in the real world. It's got to become, you know, a part of a lot of folks everyday lives, which it just isn't it flat out. There's not like I said, like, who's using this? I don't I don't know anybody, you know. So it could be big. And it, that's the same argument they were making during the tech bubble. Like, this is going to be big, guys. This internet thing is going to be big. And they were right. And, and that's the whole thing with crypto. It can be huge. But you, you have this time period that you're going to have to go through to get to that moment. Then you have, like, who are going to be the actual big players and who isn't going to be the actual big players, right? And so everybody's kind of placing their chips on the table. And, um, you know, and we'll you see. Think, maybe it's the maybe maturity of, of blockchain companies or, or companies like like the Coinbase's and the and the BlockFi's and the Voyagers. I mean, their their businesses is literally built on the backs of crypto. Yeah. So how do you how do you have one without the other? Like, how do you say that the asset itself is speculative? Meanwhile, the businesses that they're established on would, by that logic, be way more speculative. They're also speculative in the sense of the same way stock brokerages were somewhat speculative during the tech bubble, right? Uh, during the tech bubble, everybody was trying to get, you know, in the stock brokerage game and, and you know, E-Trade and all those stock brokerages were tearing it up at that time, right? So many new customers coming on. And obviously, they still made it through just like most crypto brokerages will likely make it through if if we even maybe we never have a crash, like like, like any sustained crash. But if we do, a lot of them will probably make it through, right? Just like in the tech bubble, those companies still made it through because there's still going to be always a lot of people that want to own cryptos. It's just a question of who's going to be the real winners and who's not. Because during the tech bubble days, there was a lot of people like, oh, this is going to be the big winner. This is going to be the big winner. So many of those companies went under, just like many of these crypto projects will go under, right? And so, you know, well, I, can't, even, yeah. go ahead. I can't speak on a lot of the other ones, but like with Bitcoin and Ethereum, it just seems like clear that they're going to be around no matter what. 
I'm just not sure I follow the explanation. Maybe it's just because I'm sick and I'm slow right now, but <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I acknowledge the presence of the tech bubble that, you know, that, that was a part of our history, but I just, I'm not sure I'm connecting the dots with how, like, what does it take for Jeremy to acknowledge that Bitcoin and Ethereum are going to be a big part of the future? Yeah, what, you what, have what to does see Jeremy it. have to see or be proven that that's, you know, so in terms of Ethereum, I think it's much clearer for Ethereum that they have a future, right? Bitcoin, I don't know. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, Bitcoin, what has gotten Bitcoin to a trillion dollars? The fact that it's the most famous investable asset in the world, right? Every, everybody knows Bitcoin. And what does everybody know Bitcoin from? The fact that a bunch of people made a bunch of money on Bitcoin. And that's just no, the honest truth. No, I don't. I don't yes. Think no, oh, not. Andre, come on. You're way too in it. You're way too in it, man. Okay, I could I could explain. Yeah. Okay, Bitcoin's, go ahead. Bitcoin's not the most popular one because because it a lot of people made money in it. It's it's because it had a lot of qualities about hard sound money that people want that other ones don't have. It's the decentralization aspect, the limited, you know, aspect of it, the ultimate penultimate control over property that humans have never had before. Um and I think a lot of the other cryptos don't share that same quality. So I mean, is it popular? Yes. Was it the first? Yes. Did people make money with it? Yes. But that's not what, why it's in the top three and why it's been number one for as long as it's been around. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think there's about this many people that know Bitcoin from that story. And there's about this many people that know Bitcoin because it made a bunch of money and it's gotten famous and it's but, everywhere. But, but it, doesn't, it does not invalidate it in the same way that it doesn't invalidate Tesla. If we went back six, seven years ago and said, no one knows what Tesla is. That's what a dumb company who drives Tesla's. That's that's so stupid. Like, that's the same argument. No one knew Tesla for Tesla stock, right? People knew Tesla because they saw the company and they're like, oh, this is this is a cool product. They went to their stores and they they saw it and it's like in the mall, right? So no one thought, oh, Tesla stock first. I'm going to make money off this. They thought this is like be the future. EVs, this is a cool thing. It, so doesn't, it, it doesn't change the fact that if people, I mean, you could argue that now, right? People are buying Tesla stock just because it's popular. Is it really valued that? Maybe. Um but it, getting its valuation based on hype, regardless of how many people own it for that hype, doesn't invalidate the the fundamental aspect of what makes it good. Yeah, good point. But that's when it comes back to valuation, right? And just like in the tech bubble, you know, we spoke about Amazon falling 93, 94%. You know, who's to say that can't happen in crypto? Maybe it doesn't, right? Maybe right. this, you know, it's different. Well, well, I think all valuations are based on speculation, Great. right? Graham you're, was trying to say something, but I think your oh, yeah, mic is okay. muted, Graham, just so you know. You can't hear you. Can't hear you, amigo. <laughs> ah, there we go. Weird. Um, now, I was saying that uh, you mentioned, Jeremy, it dropping 90%, and I was saying it has. Uh, how many crashes have there been, Andre, that were dropped like 90%, like four times, I think, in its history, where it dropped more than 85%? I'm sure more than that, even. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, so I, I think that's kind of where the debate is. Uh, you know, at least in my opinion, that's where the debate should be is like who's actually gonna uh 
you know, be the, be the big thing. And I think everybody's putting their chips on the table where they want to put their chips on the table. And that's fair. Right. Um, but I think it always comes back to valuation and uh, what deserves to be traded at what and why does it deserve that valuation? I think that's where we always come back to. Right. And, and trying to figure that whole game out. So um, the, the argument in crypto is, is that Lisa that I've heard is is it's, it's a different market. So you can't put a number on it. Right. It's just it is what it is. You know, whether Bitcoin's 500 billion or one trillion or 10 trillion, it's just it is what it is. Um, and that's kind of been the argument there. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think it's really I think it's uh, intriguing. I think crypto's going to be around long term. There's no question. I think crypto uh, has a future. There's no doubt about that. It's just a question of do the ones that are the biggest now deserve to be the biggest, just like did the ones that were the biggest in 2017 deserve to be the biggest. Right. And the ones that were the biggest in 2014 deserve to be the biggest. Well, well, I will say that I, I'm sure we could all agree that technology moves very fast. Right. Like better tech replaces old, um, old tech really quick, and it's really hard for bad tech to stay number one for a long time. So for Bitcoin to be number one as it has for as long as it has, despite the fact that there is better tech, would wouldn't make sense why it's still number one. I think at the end of the day, I think if if you're thinking about playing crypto, right? Most people have no clue about the altcoins. So if you know anything about crypto, let's just say, hey, I want to put some money in crypto. What are you thinking of? You're thinking of Bitcoin, and Ethereum, and more than likely Bitcoin, because that's all you know. And who really wants to dig in there and go through all the altcoins unless you're super into crypto? No, I disagree. I think the way that it plays out is people find out about Bitcoin because that's the one they know about. And then very quickly, they'll discover the altcoins and they'll research that far more than they'll ever research and understand what Bitcoin's all about. And then they'll come back with the most strong, the strongest opinion ever about this new tech that they found that's so much better and faster and cheaper and more decentralized than Bitcoin. And in the end, they realize that that's not exactly how it works. So I, I disagree. I think it's the exact opposite journey. So you think there's nothing that can replace Bitcoin, essentially? At this point, I think it'd be very, very difficult to replace what it's trying to be. Is, mm. is it the, the best for, for use as currency? No, it's not, you know, it, it, but it depends on what you're trying to value it for. Yeah. And so you're, you're valuing it as like a, a digital gold, essentially. No, I'm valuing it as the penultimate control over property. So explain that to the folks. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused on that, Andre. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> John Locke wrote that principle about like life, liberty, and, 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 uh, property, right? I could get it really like deep into it, but I'm going to put you guys to sleep. But okay, so um, we, we wrote about uh, life, right? So, so the metaverse, I can go into my spiel. So the metaverse is kind of ties into everything. So there's there's life. So the government is supposed to balance society and, 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 and supposed to protect life, right? It's But it could also take life away. Obviously, we know this. We found out. It could also, it's also supposed to protect property, but it can also take property away. Um, civil forfeiture is a big thing. If you guys, I don't know if you guys ever read it, it gives the government control to take your stuff away, especially if you get pulled over and they see cash. Anyway, uh, the whole point of the metaverse is just to basically create a world. So, so the metaverse is not is not a place. It, it it's a it's a place in time that allows us to basically experience those three things: life, liberty, property, in a way that we cannot experience here in the physical world. So, Bitcoin, in this sense, is control over property in the same sense of it cannot be confiscated from from you by anyone like there's there's no government that can come along and confiscate it like like people thought that about gold 
but the government did confiscate people's gold in the 70s. Why are you confused? No, 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 because didn't they just confiscate a bunch of Bitcoin from a bunch of people that stole a bunch of Bitcoin very recently? You mean the Sony thing? Yeah, it was, there was something that happened recently and the government got all that Bitcoin back. Oh, he's talking about the creator of Bitcoin, right? Wasn't that the wallet? No, 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 no. There was something where somebody somebody stole uh, a bunch of Bitcoin. Um, like yeah, I, I know what story you're talking about. U.S. to return 154 million stolen by Sony employee, right? Yeah, some, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember if that was a specific one, but the government yeah, there, There's got no way money. they're going to get it back unless they coerced or pressured that person into giving back the private key. That's it. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep going on. I'll, I'll find it in the meantime, but but keep uh, going there. All right, so 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 Bitcoin is basically the control over property. Um, uh, and, and Metaverse is basically a way to interpret this stuff in, in, a, in a digital world. It's, it, gosh. Uh, it was, I, hey, I, Andre, it was the FBI ransom, by the way, the colonial pipeline. The FBI got oh, the money I back. This one. Yeah. So if, if that person, whoever stole it, had their private key, the only way they'd give it up is if they physically gave up the private key. That's the only way to take that Bitcoin away. So I don't know how they did it. But in the same sense, like if you had cash right now, I could club you on the head and take your cash. Could I do that with Bitcoin? I can't do that. I could pressure you into giving me your private key, but at the end of the day, I can't take it away from you. Yeah, 100%. But the issue we have here, Andre, is Peter Lynch. I don't know if you know, ever heard of Peter Lynch. I was watching, yep, I a, great, I yeah, watching a great interview with Peter Lynch recently, and he says, man, if you can't explain your investment in 30 seconds, you're not in a good investment, man. I don't know. We have, we're still trying to figure out this whole thing. Graham and I are still looking. We're a little confused, man. You, you're talking about, about all these crazy things. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You asked me to explain Bitcoin in 30 seconds, or you asked me to explain a complex concept of property? I don't know, uh, well, yeah, but why why can't we explain this faster? Why does it take us so long? I want to know it in 30 because seconds. You have, to understand, the, you have to understand the context first before you understand why it's important in the first place. <sighs> I don't know, Andre. This you didn't, is, you this didn't is ask me to defend my my investment thesis. You asked me, what do you mean about property? Why is Bitcoin control over property? Okay, that's fair, but yeah. yeah. So you're you're so you're basically saying we're in the metaverse, right? And right. Bitcoin, you can control property with Bitcoin. Yeah, because your your property, your Bitcoin is your property, right? It's the one thing you have that is something that the government cannot debase through issuing more currencies essentially the argument it's the one thing that does not fluctuate with someone's ex external like debasement of it that's mm -hmm. why it's it's control over said property that is in no way of it, like you cannot express that same control over any other asset class yeah that that's fair um no, but I don't know how we went this deep on the subject. I think, you know, it's a it's, really interesting yeah. subject. Like it can go really deep with it, but it, it puts people to sleep. Yeah. I'm not in the best state to explain that that right but, now. No, it, it's good. It's, but uh, yeah, we were talking about the metaverse and I was uh, speaking with, with uh, you know, somebody a few weeks ago about the metaverse and we we're talking about like the future and like, what does the metaverse look like? Do people actually want to do it? Because there's that's a lot of debate right now is people are like, this sounds, this sounds stupid. I don't want to put on a headset for 10 hours a day or whatever. And he, he was basically making that argument. And then I, I brought out the point. I said, well, you know, if you were to go back in time, let's say you were to go back 75 years ago and I, or even 50 years ago, and I was going to tell you, you're going to spend eight, 10 hours a day looking at screens. You're going to constantly be looking at screens. 
I'm pretty sure those folks back then would be like, that sounds like a horrible life. I don't want to do that. Right. And here we are today. And that's all we do. We look at screens all day long. Right. You know, you wait yeah. somewhere, you pull out your phone. So. 25 years ago, you could find videos on YouTube from 25 like years ago that were recorded. But people are like, what's the Internet? Can you explain that to me? Yeah. They're like, well, you know, it's this crazy place. And people are like, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. You and your beanie babies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I think that's just it's just interesting because I, I think it's it's just going to, you know, weave its way in our lives over time and then it will become the normal thing and no one will kind of second guess it. So, um, yeah. you know, but a lot of people are like, well, this is this is stupid because they're like, well, we're going to spend so much time in our virtual worlds. Right. And it's like maybe we already do. You just don't realize it yet. Right. Well, and well was, the metaverse is just a high fidelity version of what we're experiencing right now. It's just like mm -hmm. a, a more polished version of, of the Internet we see today, except we're just going to experience that same thing. And again, in a, in a place that's a lot more, I guess, pretty and, and graphically oriented and more 3D yeah, and more interactive. It would be cool to get to a point where we could select our own avatars, yeah. sit at the table together, put on our headsets. All of you watching can put on your headset, and it's what? as though we're sitting at the what? table together. It's like what? us four and you with the table with us. What you just said right there is the is one of the three tenets. That's liberty. That's mm -hmm. the freedom to represent yourself in any way you want. Physically, you're not limited to your person. You could be any character you want. You're of your own choosing. You can do whatever you want in this world. That's that's the second part of the metaverse is liberty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to stick up for you, Andre, because I was poking a little bit of fun at, you know, your long explanation there. But to be fair, we're so early days in this. It, it is kind of fair to have a longer explanation because I remember, you know, just in the stock market, uh, there was a time with uh, the cloud, you know, which is now we all just know is basically just storing your information on a bunch of data servers, right? Like people would have to try to explain like what the cloud is so hard and it was like ridiculous. And then even social media, like I remember when Facebook was going public and they were talking about this, this is probably, I don't know, 2012, or 2011 now. And they were trying to explain like what Facebook is and like what is social media and how does it work and how do you make money from it? Right. And uh, now it's just like so easy to explain it. You could explain Facebook's whole business model in less than 30 seconds. Right. So. Right. My grandparents in Russia still don't understand what I do for a living. I'm like, I make <laughs> videos for the internet. They're like, what is that? What is like the internet? I kind of understand, but I don't. Imagine they're like only fans, right? Is that how you make it? I've heard of that before. <laughs> no, but it's, it's I heard crazy, about that yeah. watching I, Graham's video with your, your iced coffee podcast. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Wild story. Go watch that. That was, uh, yeah, wow. That was so fascinating. Just this this 23 year old med student going to OnlyFans after anxiety in college to uh now now what uh making millions of dollars a year yeah, in only i think two hundred thousand dollars a month and still wants to uh, go on to become a doctor which totally yeah. can you know I'm not saying once you do this you can't do something else yeah. right i think it's so cool it's just yeah, incredible really. ambition geez 23. yeah graham don't you have an OnlyFans or you had one yeah, uh, well, I've, I posted uh, like my basically what I'm buying, and uh, you're yeah, like Graham exposed, but it's not, like yeah, at all not, physically exposed. Did, did not do that well. No, I'm definitely told they're, they're you know it's 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 not meant for just like posting about your investments. I mean, obviously, but uh, yeah, so it didn't it didn't translate as well as I expected. But you know what? I, I wanted to try it, gave it a shot. And that's it. I think you should just post more feet pictures that'll probably do better bro that yeah 
them. Graham exposed anyway. in the metaverse. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. look, I mean, I, I think listening to this broad conversation here, half philosophical and half Warren Buffett confused, uh, I, I, I think it, it, there's an element here of, uh, and we've mentioned this before, but really separating that blockchain tech from the businesses, because think about that dot-com bubble like we've referenced here, how many uh, companies we don't know about. Sure, there's some survivors, you know, like the Amazon or whatever, but I, I mean, I don't even know what the statistics are, but what, what is it? Somewhere around probably 80, 90% of the companies that are around then aren't here anymore. Yeah. The same thing's going to happen in cryptocurrencies. Uh, could that in theory happen to the big two right now? It's probably least likely, but of course that's possible. You know, I think there was mention of uh, of what about all the businesses that that exist on these? Well, well, businesses can just move to a different blockchain, uh, and and that's one of the incredible things about the blockchain is what we really love about blockchain is the technology, the asymmetric cryptography. I mean, the the immutability of it is is really an incredible technology, uh, and so I love it. I, I think it's so fascinating. But uh, in in terms of everything built on top of the blockchain, what's going to be here in ten years? Mostly speculation. I agree. I'm really excited though for the whole concept of DAOs. Um, I don't know if you guys are you guys know what they are. Yeah, Kimball Musk wanted to do one for uh, for nonprofit work, which I thought was kind of cool. Like having really nonprofit, cool. like the the donors vote. Yeah. Okay, what should we do with the money? Uh, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they actually decentralize these things because they always start as cows <laughs> yeah I, I think i think that'll it'll play there, there was this one company i used to use called shapeshifter um and it was basically like atomic swaps between cryptos so like i could deposit a bitcoin and i can convert it immediately to ethereum there were no exchange fees there was no buyers and sellers it just swaps them it was like an open free marketplace um but it was centralized it was it was owned by somebody by like a company and then they got into some regulatory trouble from new york and they basically converted to a dow so then it just became a, a, a decentralized exchange, essentially, where you can just put your coins in and then it spits out whatever you want it to convert to. It's called Shapeshifter. Wow. Yeah, it's a really cool thing. I think I think DAOs are going to play a much bigger role, but I don't know when, whether that's 10, 20, 30 years from now. I don't know when. You know, I went to shapeshift.com and the first thing you get here, and, and this this screams 2002 to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. it's, it's, it's not... <laughs> It's um, not very. What is this? Oh, I see what you're saying. Have, actually, have you guys seen 125% is actually very, very modest. I've seen one that has eight. Yeah, for Andre, 8, that's 000. conservative. Yeah, no, no. I, I've <laughs> seen eight to 9,000, like legit eight to 9,000 APR, which is insane. Yeah, legit for two months until no, the Ponzi collapses. Even. No, it's, it's, it's a day. You lose money in a single day. It's a yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, it's a day. I didn't. I didn't play with it. I just had somebody who who experimented with it. And they told me the results, but yeah, wow. you lose faster than you gain on the interest. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. so who's who's keeping cash for this 2022 crash? Uh, are we? Uh, are we? Is is anybody actually going into 2022 with cash? Uh, Jeremy's leaving because he doesn't have any money and he had to sell his Tesla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Any of you guys going in with cash or are you just plowing it all uh, in? I mean, I mean I have, taxes I cash, but a big chunk of that's going to be paying taxes soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, so excluding taxes, 
what what uh, uh who's going into 2022 with any cash and how much like percentage wise? Gosh, what's my percentage? I'm probably under 10 percent yeah. cash at this okay. point. Yeah, uh, I got very close by. Well, not very close, but close enough where I was going to take all the money that I had for taxes and dump it into a uh, big apartment building. Found, yeah, believe it was, I was going to put like $3 million down and I'd be able to get a $6 million write-off in cost segregation. Wow. Yeah. So that would wipe out basically whatever I would owe. Which is Your audio is a little funky, Graham. We, yeah, we lost you a little bit there on audio. But keep I, saying, keep saying my mic was unplugged. But uh, yeah, I think I want to do that. I think but, that so, M1 chip is coming unplugged. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Andre? <laughs> I, I have like I'm gonna have less than 10% after taxes as well. Okay. Yeah, I just did a video about like inflation and deflation. I I used to really believe that we'll have crazy inflation next year. Maybe we will, kind of like we had in the 40s. Hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I'm not 100% convinced anymore that we'll have inflation. I I could see how we'd have a back to normal kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on it, whether we're going to have deflation or not deflation necessarily, but just like normal inflation, 2%. Right. Um, but Jeremy? Yeah. Dude, I'm so low. I'm down to like my last few hundred thousand dollars now at this point. I mean, it's just... Uh, I got First nothing. world problems. Yeah, I got nothing, man. I mean, like, you know, it's so bad. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I always preach 10 to 10 to 30% cash all times. 10% if you get low, but I broke my own rule, man. I'm so far below 10%, you wouldn't believe it. Jeremy, so, Jeremy most not, people are like, I'm down to my last dollar. You're like, I'm down to my last few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a million dollars in cash right now, guys. <laughs> no, you see... I'm smart. Unlike you guys, I don't have to pay taxes because I just hire everybody and I give them all my money. So I have no money to make to pay taxes. Then everybody else has to pay the taxes. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, guys, pro tip, if you lose a lot of money, you don't have to pay much in taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just hire everybody. You never have to pay taxes. That's what Amazon does. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, it, it, employees are the biggest uh, thing that bankrupt businesses. Uh, so uh, I am about eight uh, percent in margin right now. Uh, if Nerd. I had to pay taxes today, I'd be like fifty percent or more in margin. Wow! Uh, yeah, so what's what's your plan on that? Is it just to make an, as much money as possible to pay this tax bill, or yeah. to sell off? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, I'm going to make some videos on this, but there were some big, make more uh, videos to pay for it. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, there were some big ideas I had, uh, but, uh, you know, bottom line, it, it all kind of turned into uh, in any it, it, it made more sense this year to just look and go, look, I'll, I'll, I'll bite the bullet and pay the taxes. And, and uh, you know, like short of just going out and blowing a bunch of money and a bunch of new crap that I don't really need. Uh, you know, I just figure I'll just invest it. Let me see what I can do, especially since we're relatively like. Honestly, like December's been kind of a crappy month. A lot of things went down. I mean, unless you were just all in S and P, you know, and anything else you held didn't have a great December. So the worst time to honestly have bought something that could have given you a big deduction would have, in my opinion, been this month because a lot of your stuff would have been down. So it'd be like you'd be selling low to to get a tax write off 
and and then you know watch your 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 stocks blow up in in the next three to six months. And it's like, well, crap, that could have just paid the taxes. You know, but Kevin, so. I'm thinking I'm thinking this this year this year would have been the year to get back into real estate. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, would have been this year yeah. for both I mean, cost what, what have, and rents. Rents. Yeah, was I three I, times I agree. I I kept buying. Uh, yeah. mostly singles. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm even an escrow literally right now on a, on a fixer opera. I just like, anytime they come up, I buy them. I pick them up like they're candy. I love them. Uh, but big multifamily, uh, I it's, it's attractive from a depreciation point of view. Uh, but the funny thing is a lot of the multifamily that I was seeing substantially overpriced because you have a lot of people with these problems. So what you're finding is you're finding uh, either either funds or sellers are getting people into uh, really, really expensive multifamily real estate at, at these crazy gross rents or, or, or you know super low caps. And, and it's because people are like, oh, but I'm going to get the tax saving. I'm not necessarily saying about your deal, Graham. You, I'm sure you found, found a great deal. I'm just saying in general, I'm seeing that, whether it's it's buying a big asset or it's buying a building, it's like the sellers are pricing in, well, you're going to get the tax benefits. Yes. So I'm going to rate, you know, Kevin, I'm going to agree you. with you. I agree with you for every single deal I've seen listed online. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This deal was not. Uh, online and, and that's what i imagine is that you you found yeah. something cool which which i i applaud you for that i think that's great and, and hey you know what you didn't do it don't worry about it what it could have should have next do it next year yeah. you know yeah um, it's, it's just an issue of banks banks not able to guarantee a close of this year and that would be the only purpose oh you no. you would have had to have uh and i actually uh it's it's so funny you say that uh i wrote uh, two $10 million offers, just as an example, spoiler, mm -hmm. I wrote two $10 million offers and I was prepared to buy both buildings. Uh, and, uh, one was in Culver city, I think. And one was in Ventura. No way. Culver yeah. City. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'll have to tell you. Wow. But anyway, I like, go to like, my the, the okay. more I researched them, the more I'm like, I'm getting into, uh, in my opinion, uh, a, a, an overmarket deal and a management headache for what a, a a little bit of a bigger number like the deals just weren't exceptional and if the deal's the not deal? good i get frustrated you know so then i'm just like f it and i was doing this around thanksgiving because i'm like i gotta close it this year was it, you know? was it residential or commercial all resi multifamily yeah culver city's a great area man really well, great i mean there was an city. asterisk on this one I'll, I'll i'll tell you about it. but anyway oh, okay. <laughs> um dream yeah. Our, our our neighbor next door, Culver City, by the way. Elba just met them the other night. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, wow. They're moving. So I'm going to be surrounded by Californians. Wait, Jeremy, the one next to you, the couple. Next to me, directly. Yeah. I met them too. They oh. seemed very nice. We didn't talk that much, but I just introduced myself. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of people moving into a house, we actually had one of like the homes that we would uh, potentially like to move in came up. Uh, and we're like, oh, we should, you know, buy that and then maybe pre-spend like with a contractor or whatever as a tax write-off for designer or whatever. And and literally today, Lauren and I, we went to breakfast and we're like, why are we spending money just to try to save on taxes? We're complicating our lives. Just pay the freaking government. Screw it. So, I mean, that's that's at least the decision we made this year. Maybe we'll have better planning next year. Yeah. Let, yeah. let me ask you this, uh, Kevin, because I don't know if I misunderstood you and I don't know if the audience did. Were you saying basically, you said something about your 7% or 8% margin right now. Mm -hmm. Were you trying to say if this was April and it was tax time that you would technically be 50% margin? Did I hear yes. that right? 
whoa. So what's the plan, man? Because you sound like you're going to be as screwed as me if this market tanks a bunch more, man. So what's, what's the situation? What are you thinking? Um, I mean, I don't expect the market to tank. And so I'm willing to take that risk. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I really don't expect that. That's it's okay. not even a con really a consideration. Yeah. Okay, so so um, we'll, see say. we'll see how this ages. We can always <laughs> clip that yeah. out. No, no, no. It's totally possible. I mean, then then what? Yeah, no. Then then what? Okay, so you can't pay your taxes in April. Okay, you file extension. You pay the penalties and late fees. Great, I got another six months. Okay, cool. You file your taxes in in October, and uh, and and uh, you you know you make whatever payment you can, and then I guess you owe the rest to the IRS. What are they going to do? Uh, uh, sue you? It's going to take them two years. So so you know I got a long time to pay this crap. Okay. Now my expectation is I'm going to be able to pay it, but I could play the game very yeah. long. <laughs> okay, that's true. And with the penalties, it's it's half a percent per month plus three percent. So over a year, Kevin, you would be paying nine percent a year. Uh, yeah, that's what Kevin's like. You're stressing me out. Beer, beer, no. non-deductible. Beer. By the way, you he's can't like, write that off. So uh, like, let's change the subject, guys. Let's just not talk about <laughs> this. Like, yeah, you know what? Speaking of changing subjects, Jeremy, is there is there something you want to talk about tonight? There, there's nothing I want to talk about. No, in all seriousness, as soon as this stream's over, it's baby time. So baby likely coming tonight. So baby number wow. three. Do you, yeah. What do you think the chances are uh, she's going to have the baby in the next few hours? So it's like before midnight or do you think yeah. it's after midnight? Yeah, if I was to put odds on it, I think there's about a 20% probability it comes before 10 p.m. I would say it's about a 30% um, upside that it comes before 11. It's probably about 50% before midnight, um, probably about a 70% by 1 a.m. And What's so the, the risk-reward ratio on this baby coming after 10 p.m. is very high. We need the so, over under. Do you yeah. guys want to make a bet on it's it when the baby comes? Imagine. Oh, you we should. Guys. We oh, should. I I put a hundred. I do a hundred bucks if you guys want to. It's up to you. We get. You know. I'm I'm gonna get Jeremy. I'm gonna throw out a guess here. Okay. I'm going to. When did when did she get to the hospital? Uh, three thirty. Can we get centimeters here? Or is that too much? <laughs> we Jeremy, can't get centimeters. I would give up too I'm, much. Detail. I'm going to guess twelve. 47. Well, but That's then like, then we have uneven information because Jeremy knows the number. Oh, I'm not part of it. It's more between you three. Oh, okay. I'll I, take 420 a.m. What what time? 420. 420 a.m. 420. Dude, you're having a planet 13 baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. This is what I'm going to wear to the hospital too, so it would make sense. 420. Could you I didn't even this? know you were wearing that. That's great. <laughs> so 420. What about you, Andre? I guess I'd have to be below that of both of you, right? Because that would be so. Graham, you said what time did you well, say? We just do whoever's the closest. Yeah. yeah so you said twelve forty-six, right? Twelve forty-seven. I'll say twelve forty-six. So I cut. I got covered everything before then. So anytime before then, I'm the closest. All right. That's fair. I I think you played it. You played it smart. Yeah. So so yep. So four twenty, twelve forty-seven, and then uh, Andre, you said what was it? Eleven. Twelve forty-six. Twelve forty six. That's we should have quartered Graham. That's twelve forty eight. Twelve forty six. Oh gosh! But imagine I, I'm right. Yeah. Oh, it was twelve forty seven. Yeah. Jeez. Graham, if you're right, yeah. 
you get a thousand dollars from me in free play. Jeremy owes you a Bitcoin. <laughs> no, not a Bitcoin. I'm not going that far. <laughs> How about this, Jeremy? Uh, real money. <laughs> How about this, Jeremy? You could uh, you could sign up on public, and you get your free stock down below in the description. Oh, I love that, and that's from our sponsor today, Public. Dot That's com. Sponsor. All you got to do, guys, is use the link down below in the description. You're not going to regret it. You're going to have a great time. They're a great platform. They don't route your order flow. You could see what everyone is doing. Uh, it's basically this entire community of investors just like you. Then outlook for long-term trading. If you want to be a part of it, it's fun. You basically you could you could hang out with your friends and just talk investing. It, it's a blast. So I highly recommend. Link is down below in the description if you want to be a part of it. I like how you said they're not going to regret it. Like I imagine someone get a free stock. Like, God, I, I regret this free stock. <laughs> well, there could be some other brokerages out there that people regret signing up for. I We don't have this to. Get, they're, you're out there. So, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> the same. As in Graham has hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in those companies. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry uh -huh. about that. <laughs> Hey, are you guys still playing the hood? What's the situation with that stock? Is the hood in play anymore? Or is that is that done? Yeah, you still Kevin, got the hood? I watch all of Kevin's live streams, and every live stream is like, what, what do you say, Kevin? Oh, this is getting juicy. It's getting <laughs> juicy. Now. Yeah, oh, you know, juicy. I think. Um, look, there are a list of stocks that are so close to their bottoms. Hood's one of them, in my opinion. Unless we have some kind of black swan. I mean, I wrote it down. I'll just say really quick. Lemonade 40, DocuSign 140, SoFi 14, Beyond Meat 62, 65, Cloudflare 129, Enphase 180, Hood 18, Matterport 21, 22, Piton 40, Carnival 1780, Affirm 92, and Toast 30. Like these are companies, in my opinion, it, they, they fall into these levels and uh, the market will go red. And you'll see like Tesla's down like 5%. And these companies aren't falling through those floors. Uh, or if they do, they fall through very, very briefly. And so I think a, a lot of the companies on this list, I mean, unless they're just going to be permanent losers, which is entirely possible, uh, I, I think there's a really good chance for a big rebound on, on a lot of these, especially Robinhood. I mean, Robinhood, a 75% dilution. That's insane at the beginning of December. At the same time, what, what else happened at the beginning of December? December 3rd, December 6th were some of the bloodiest days this month. And it's only been followed by more blood. So I'm I'm optimistic in a, on a, a U-turn uh, within the next four weeks. Kevin, do you have limit orders on those when you're buying like, let's say a million dollars worth of a share? Do you have a limit order on a specific oh, price or do you manually like, buy it when you find it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it Well, I mean, I manually, I, I don't keep open limits all the time because then I'd probably go 100% margin because I'd forget what all my limits are. Like I just can't track that all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to do a larger order, I set, your limit relatively close to where it is so i don't get i don't like the it, the price doesn't move within the candlestick uh if if i'm just doing like for example just for relativity if i'm gonna buy a hundred thousand dollars in shift technologies you can bet i'm setting a limit uh, if i'm doing a hundred thousand dollars in tesla it ain't gonna make a freaking difference i'll set it in as a market order it's gonna be like the same price you know it's not gonna move so yeah now, Kevin, I got one last question here tonight before we wrap up. And I don't know if people are trolling me or if there's any truth to this, but I'm hearing rumors that you're in the chef. Is this accurate or is this just BS in trolling trolling going on? Uh, no, I, I'm not in the chef, but I think that the chef is part of a unique group. I just posted a video about this. The chef is part of a unique group of stocks 
uh, then that would be Corsair, Tattooed Chef, Lemonade, and Shift Technology uh, Technologies. These four, I personally almost am tempted to make like a little basket where like I take X dollars and I put one fourth into each of these because these four have extremely low retail buys or potentially even retail outflows and they're extremely highly shorted. Well, I shouldn't say extremely, but they're highly shorted, 33 to 35%. And that's a really interesting matchup because as soon as those the retail buyers come back to those, if they do, maybe they don't. But if the retail buyers come back to those, the hedgies are going to pick up on that, cover their shorts, and, and, and you can have some big moves in those particular four. So we're going to get a squeeze for the TTCF. Got it. <laughs> Kevin's all in TTCF. Wrap it up, Graham. <laughs> so with that said, guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure to get your free stock down below in the description when you sign up for public. Just that, That's it. If you want to help us out, if you want to help the channel, that's all we ask in return and that you subscribe. Hit the like button. Feel free to follow the Clips channel also down below in the description. But more important than anything, get that free stock. Enjoy. Let us know which free stock you get. Until next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.